Y'all know the story. I want to kind of just highlight a couple of things. Um, verse 7 of verse 3. Verse 7 of verse 3. It says, and the eyes of them were open, both open. The eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So I want you to catch verse 7 says, and they made themselves aprons. They made aprons. And Verse 8 says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? Where are you? I want to talk and I want to unpack some more of this. So I'll kind of be all up in Genesis 3. But for your heading tonight, I want to talk about with this identity stuff, I want to talk about I didn't know I looked like this. Do me a favor and just kind of just say it out loud. I did not know I, I looked like this. This is kind of more of some information speaking from Adam's perspective. Speaking from Adam's perspective. I'm going to use Adam and Eve interchangeably as Adam because they were both together. I'm going to use the narrative of she gave to her husband with her and the both of them in this text. I'm going to use as the narrative that I believe that they were never separated from each other. They were always together throughout this whole entire discourse. So when the serpent came to Eve, Adam was there. There wasn't no disconnect between Adam and Eve. So I'm going to use that. So when I use terms like him or her or them, it's all interchangeably because the whole discourse between the serpent and Adam and Eve and God and Adam and Eve, it was all the same. So some highlights. And their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. That's a highlight. Another highlight is, and they saw. Their eyes were opened and they saw. Another highlight, they saw that they were naked. They were naked. They were naked. I'm going to talk about hidden places. Hidden places. So when you talk about identity, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, it says, if you can go to Genesis 2 and 16, and as I'm kind of talking, you know, Deborah, you can just pop right onto it. So Genesis 2 and 16, notice it says, and the Lord God commanded. Genesis 2 and 16, what does it say? And the Lord God commanded the man, saying of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Somebody shout freely. Which means there was a freedom to eat, to roam in this garden. There was a freedom and the Lord commanded, please pay attention to that word commanded, because if you go back to, if you don't mind, if you go back to, if you don't mind, the Genesis 3, when we get at the top of Genesis 3, Genesis 3 and 1. If you notice at the top of Genesis 3 and 1, 
Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. That word subtle, y'all know what that word means? Sly, cunning, crafty, sneaky. Now he was more subtle than any other beast of the field. Please catch it. Which the Lord God had made. So the serpent was something that God made that was more sly and crafty than any other. Another biblical theological question that somebody asked me was, in the beginning, before the beginning, it talks about Adam, I mean, it talks about God and Lucifer, and Lucifer, and the Bible says, in heaven, and iniquity was found in him. The theological question is, how did he get it? He was in heaven, he's in the presence of God, how did evil even get up inside heaven to get up inside one of God's creatures? So God created Lucifer, who ended up becoming Satan, Satanus, and then now he hit the earth, and now Satan was able to get into the serpent. And now the serpent is now the most subtle or sly or sneaky. So was he sly and sneaky before he got uh, possessed by Satan, or did he become that because he was possessed by Satan? I'm not asking you to answer it. It's just something for you to think about because it says, which the Lord God had made. A lot of people like to keep God and Satan so separated, but Satan ain't nothing but one of God's illegitimate, bad, wayward children. He's what God created. The serpent is not some creature that Satan created. He's one of God's creatures. God made Lucifer. God made the serpent. So God is in control. So you should never be concerned about evil as in overtaking you because whether it's sly or evil, God is in control. God made, and it says, and he said unto the woman, he said, now notice I told you in Genesis 2 and 16, it says, and God commanded. But here it says, and Satan or the serpent said unto the woman. What did he say? Yea, hath God said, did y'all catch that? Hath God said? No. If I was Eve, I would have said, no, God didn't say nothing. He commanded. Did y'all catch that? The problem is the word command is really dealing with that word. It means a direct divine order. In order, a divine order. So when God commanded Adam, he gave him a direct and a divine order. You can eat of these trees freely, but... Of that tree. Don't eat it. So Satan comes along and says, um, if you can go back, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Yea, hath God said. He asked the first, hath God said, ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Keep going. Verse 2. Look what Eve says. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Can you go back to verse 1 again? Go back to verse 1 again. He said, yea, hath God said, keep going, ye shall not eat of every tree. He says tree. She said trees. Are you catching this? God commanded, the serpent said. Are you catching that? The word said deals with utter, speak, or speak into the heart of someone. God commanded the presence and the identity of a person. Satan came along 
and uttered and spoke into the heart of what God already commanded, which means a lot of us are missing out on everything that God has for us. Not you, your neighbor, not you. I ain't talking to you, I'm talking to your neighbor. What God, what you missed out on is you allowed what God has commanded to be overread by what people are saying. Are you catching? Because when God created Adam, he created him and then he commanded him what and what not. And then Satan came along in the serpent and he said, Eve, did God not say? And she said, yeah, we eat of the trees. She was speaking of the good that God gave them. Satan didn't bring that up. He zeroed in on the thing versus the things. Are y'all catching that? So the reality is I'm disregarding what I'm commanded to do for what somebody said I can do, which has been one of the problems with the church. We have allowed man to tell us what we can do versus operating in the area of the true identity of what God has commanded us and or called us to be. So now rules and regulations for man have become greater than God's call on your life. Mm -hmm. Some of you all are free now, but you used to sit in scenarios where even though you were a prophet or you were someone with the gift of healing is in your hand, but because they didn't do that at that church, they just said, get in the choir and sing. And with your anointed self to heal, you singing in the choir. Every time you clap your hands to the beat, somebody can get healed. But because they don't believe in that stuff, folk in the church sick. When the Bible says, if there's any sick among you, call the elders. So now we got folk with healing gifts sitting in other areas because man don't need those type of gifts. Wow. So the reality is when you look at who God has commanded you to be versus what somebody said you should do is my whole highlight tonight. Because every word over your life ain't a good word. Some words, even though it's dressed up in a shirt and tie or a nice little church outfit, some words are directly from the serpent. And if you're not careful, when you don't know who you are or when you don't know the trees that you have access to, you'll get caught up on a tree. Because a part of the trees that they had access to was the tree of life. According to all the trees, they had a bunch of trees they could eat from. But this tree that God said, don't deal with that tree because that tree is going to give you a lower essence of your identity. Satan, through the serpent, comes to the woman and directly deals with the tree. Look what Satan says. Can we keep going? Can we keep going? And the woman said, okay, keep going. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Book of Bear, woman of God, Eve, God did not say. He commanded. Are y'all catching this? She responded. Because once Satan start talking to her, she start talking like Satan. The more he talks to you, he's pulling you away from your dominion. He's pulling you away from your identity and now start getting you to look at it through his lenses and talk like he talks. So God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Now she adding stuff to it. Lest ye die. You got to be careful when you start talking to people that are talking you out of who you are into what they need you to be because there's an agenda behind every conversation. 
Let me say it again. There's an agenda behind every conversation. Folks, I need to talk to you. Okay. You meet up with them. Let's talk. After a while, if you listen to them long enough, you'll find out. But most of it is, I'm kind of intrigued by what you're saying when I need to get away from what you're talking about. So now, let's go further. Let's go further. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. But God said, you shall surely die. But the serpent said, ye shall not surely die. God said, you shall surely die. But the serpent said, ye shall not. So now she's caught. Adam's caught. Adam's sitting there like, boy, she sure is fine. Man, she's beautiful. Man. His conscience never catches on. Like, do you understand what's going on? Fine is about to get you in trouble. Because now you heard the anti-word of God. Now watch this. This is a direct connection to your identity. Now keep going. Verse 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your what? Eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. God never had a conversation with Adam and Eve, according to Scripture, about all this, because they were above this. Why would you try to tell me what I'm going to be like when I already know who I am? Sometimes I fall for the okey-doke because... I'm sorry, not okey-doke, Dad. Well, I fall for the okey-doke because... I really don't have the security in who I am. So I need affirmation to affirm who I am because I don't feel that comfortable unless I have company. But when I let company start talking to me, they begin to talk me out of my original company, which was me and God. Man, this is rich and good. I think it's rich and good. I think it's rich and good. And good and evil. Keep going. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, for food. Now, let's look at that. He said, your eyes are going to be open. And when the woman saw that the tree, now she's got to saying, we can freely eat of the trees. How are you going to focus on the tree when you got access to trees? And that it was pleasant to the eyes, which means the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. It looked and it tasted good. The whole concept of my sensory perception now is totally indulged and intrigued by the tree. When God gave me access to the trees. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we end up living and we get less when we could have had more? Wow. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Wow. Keep going. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, with her. As I said before, those who got here, with her, in Hebrew, it means he was right there. He, she didn't have to call. She didn't have to send, hey, I'm bringing some food home. It's like right there. And he did eat. Now, I know y'all know this. This is a biblical theology 101, and that is, if Eve would have ate only, Nothing would have happened. But when she gave to her husband and he ate, that's when everything happened. Can you go to the next verse? And the eyes of them both were open. When he ate, their eyes were open. And they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. Keep going. 
and made themselves aprons, 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 aprons. One of these, aprons, aprons, one of these. Now, you know an apron is to do what? Cover what? Your clothes. An apron, when you tie it, you put it right here, right? You put it around your neck. Where you put it at? Around your waist to cover your what? Come on, talk to me. It's okay. I know some of y'all are like, ah, oh, should we say that? Yeah. It's gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. I, I see one little kid in here. It's okay. It's okay. Just look at your phone. Look at your phone. No, I'm, I'm making a point. Made themselves aprons. Who made the aprons? God didn't make the aprons. God had no need for the aprons. But they did. Keep going. And they heard the voice of the Lord. God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. The preacher Sunday, phenomenal. I want him to come back for two days. The preacher that preached on Sunday, I want him to, like we brought Hubbard in and Hubbard stays. I want that man of God, that young man who has biblical integrity, phenomenal revelation, and a great spirit. I want him to come back for two days. We're going to title it our youth explosion. I want him to draw the youth, not just at our church, but in this city. They need to hear him. They need to see a young man with integrity. I want to bring him back. I don't care if it's by flight, car, or buggy. I want to bring him back and him do two days with us here in this building so that we can really ignite our young people. When I was in my 20s and I got to see young preachers, it inspired me. Are y'all catching that? This young man was a blessing to our ministry. But when that booger bear had the audacity to say, that Gideon wasn't hiding, but he was hiding what he was doing. The Reverend almost got punched. I mean, that was like, what? Oh, my God, that was good. Because it speaks to the insecurity. But here in this text, it says, and they hid themselves. It's clear. Adam and his wife hid themselves. From what? The presence of God. They hid themselves amongst the trees of the garden. Now, what did they make aprons out of? So now they took fig leaves from the trees and made these. But then when they heard God coming, they hid amongst where they got the fig leaves from. So my question to you all is, let's just have a conversation. Are you interested? You don't look like you. Are you interested? Okay. If they were hiding in the trees from God, what were the aprons for? Say it again. What people? Okay. Themselves? Is that all we're going? Okay. It's okay. There's no wrong answers. Come on. Come on. When I respond to you, I'm not responding to you like I know better than you. I don't have no trick. There's no quick. There's no cloak and dagger. I'm just asking you. They were hiding from people. They were hiding from themselves. You said they didn't have what? What theology school you went to? What you talking about innocence for? You know about the dispensations. Y'all know the dispensations? Innocence. What's the next one? Consciousness. So when they ate of the tree, they went from innocence to conscious. What is consciousness? Awareness. What does awareness deal with? What part of the body does awareness deal with? Your mind, your mind, so you're thinking. So now they were aware of something that, were they aware of it before this? So in their innocence, they was just flat out stupid? 
Come on, I like the conversation. So how are they now aware of it, but then they weren't? So the tree now gave them knowledge of the act. So the act, the, the act of it. So what I'm getting at is, so they had to, uh, the, the apron is to cover up the lower extremities. Can we say that? So now the lower extremities are covered up because now there's an awareness but before then, where there's awareness, what well, the Bible says, they were naked and unashamed. But now in the text, they said we were naked. So they're hiding from God because they're naked. But at first, they were naked and unashamed. So it wasn't that I didn't know. Now I'm ashamed of what I know. Hmm. Make sense? Did I say it too fast? I ain't trying to New York you. I ain't trying to talk fast. I want to have the conversation because it's all really relative to how you think. And the reality is, before they ate of the tree, they were walking in the innocence of presence and revelation with God. When they ate of the tree, their eyes were opened. Once their eyes were opened, now they were aware of something that made them ashamed. And now they were naked. So now that ashamed and that fear made them now hide from God. But the aprons, would you be okay with somebody? Saying that they use the trees to hide from God, but they use the aprons to hide from each other? No? Yes? Maybe? Sounds pretty good? Because now what they were hiding was the lower extremities, which really deal with identity. Make sense? Because what I'm covering up is the part of me that I need to be in order to fulfill what God called me to do. And that is be fruitful and multiply. So I'm being fruitful and multiplying from my identity, which means I can only recreate who I am when I'm fruitful. <sighs> I shouldn't talk like this. Because the reality of who I am, again, is wrapped up in what's inside of me. But in order for me to get what's inside of me connected, I have to be connected to somebody else that has the other part of me. So now... When I look at you, I see the part of me hmm, that I need, but I'm covering it. Why am I, co- why, why am I covering it up now? Why am I, why am I on a shed? Why, why, why am I? Come on, talk to me. Why? Ah, different, different. So now I am covering up the part of me that looks different from the other part. So now I'm starting to see my role. And now I'm not hiding that from God because God knows my role because he created me in my role. Which really speaks to the whole concept of what people don't want to talk about. And that is the whole gender thing and the whole transgender thing and the, and, 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 and the bisexual and, 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 and the transgender and the, the transsexual. and all. And listen, I'm not here to go into talking about somebody going to heaven or hell. Listen, that ain't my thing. What I am saying is when God created you, he created you with identity and a role. Which means when you look at the tree and it looks good and it's desirable for pleasure, pleasure ain't got nothing to do with what God commanded. But sometimes we run off into pleasure and say God made a mistake. No, he didn't make a mistake. Because once we remove this apron, we find out who you are. That's a whole nother conversation. Because God made sure it was clear who you were. Up under the apron. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So then the doctor, when you came out, said, it's a 
which ain't no confusion in that. So your desire and your pleasure has nothing to do with what God created and what he allowed man to call because it's all up under the apron. That's a whole nother conference because the apron is now what, co- what covers up who you are in your role and your identity. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again. In your role and your identity. So, man, that's a whole nother word. I could really stay there, but notice Okay, you, you, you notice that? Yeah, okay, you already noticed that. This was a good conversation. Okay, God came walking, and yeah, and he hid, hiding from God. Yep, the aprons. Yep, that's all good. Y'all, this is good. We about to go. God bless y'all. Service over. No, I'm playing. So he said, be fruitful and multiply. Adam's eyes were open. Consciousness. The knowledge of who I am is different than who I was before. Before this, I was wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. After I ate of the tree of disobedience, or the, once I was obedient, disobedient ate of that tree, and the tree is the knowledge of good and evil. The tree, not the trees. Please, let's make sure. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Once I ate of that tree, now Eyes opened, which means now my mind opened and my conscience opened to a whole nother, hear me, lower perspective of who I am. I didn't get better. I got worse. I was expensive and now I got cheap. I was authentic and now I became tainted. I was original. And now I became a carbon copy of what Satan said. Notice, Satan never commanded because he don't have the authority to command anything. Did you hear what I said? Satan has no authority to command anything because he didn't create nothing. Satan will never and never has the ability to create anything. Bad theology. Satan didn't create the demons. Bad theology. Satan didn't even create evil. For Isaiah says, I the Lord have also created evil. God created all things. Satan is not a creator. He's an imitator, which means the best he can do is come and ask you, what did God command? And then flip it around and say, well, listen to what I'm saying. He sweet talks you out of who you are into this lost in translation who you are. So now Adam and Eve are lost in translation between two dispensations. I'm lost in between innocence and conscience. How I looked in innocence, now it's not how I look in consciousness. Now I'm looking at the same me, but I see different now. Now let me go ahead and walk this out. I'll make sure, oh man, God, time is out already. And that is, God came through the garden, how they customarily walked together, and God asked a question. He said, Adam, who are you? Adam said, I'm hiding. God didn't say, who are you? God said, Adam, why are you? I'm hiding in the garden. He didn't say why. He said, Adam, where are you? Which means there's a direct correlation. Oh, done. You can't talk like this. There's a direct correlation with where somebody is with who they are. There's a direct correlation. If you want to find out who somebody really is, look at where they are. Where they are will tell you who they are every time. you got to be careful where you are because where you are 
speaks a lot about who you are. And some folk will say, I ain't like that, but you end up there. Why are you always there? It really speaks to, I can't go too far with this because some folk probably can't handle all that I'm going to say about this. But you got to be careful of the wares in your life. Because desires and proclivities will drive you to where? And you're dragging who you are, where you want to be. When where you want to be may not be the best place for who you are. Y'all, let's pause for a moment and thank God that he was able to see us where we were and still pulled us back into who we, oh, I think I ain't got the right. It took grace and mercy to look at you where you were. That's for those of us that have been so stuck in the stuff that we can't get delivered from because it's really a where problem. It's not a who problem. It's a, God says, where are you at, Adam? Because when you're not in the place where we always meet, y'all, come on, it's still identity. God and Adam looked alike. So when God showed up in the garden, God was walking in spirit and he needed his natural companion to walk with him. And while God was walking in spirit, he felt no natural companion with him, which means God says something is missing. Y'all don't like how I'm talking. There's a part of God that was missing because if we look at the original text, when he created Adam, he blew himself into Adam. So there's a part of God that's sitting in you. And anytime you're out of the will of God, God is saying, where are you at? There's a part of me that's missing. That's why you feel out of place when you're in the wrong place because you're like, I know God see me. God ain't, you ain't nowhere near church. Ain't nobody at your church there, but you like, because you know wherever you are, it ain't where God is. So a part of God is missing. <sighs> Can we give God another praise for the fact that God still came looking for you when you went missing, went hiding? <laughs> So, so, it's not who I am, but it's where I am. Because where I am is going to connect me to a why. Why would you do that? Y'all know what Adam said. He said, no, no, no. God said, uh, why are you hiding? He said, because I'm naked. Who told you that? Where you get that word from? That word naked. You ain't never had no suit on before. She ain't never had no dress on before. And you always seen those lower extremities. And they were never a problem until somebody, namely the serpent, spoke into your heart and told you, oh, I shouldn't talk like this, but I'm already out here. That's something wrong with that. Now you like, for real? My eyes are open. Because that whole conversation, please know, we won't get into it tonight, but this is not about a piece of fruit that you get in the grocery section. I'm not going to go into what it is because there's a whole lot of theologies. I'm just going to say we all can agree that God would not get that mad because you bit an apple. So that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But we do know it's deeper than that. But what it really is, it is you broke a direct command from God. Don't eat of that 
tree. You have access to all these trees, plural. So now, I don't believe, I don't believe that God, when he saw Adam hiding, I don't believe that God looked at Adam any different than he did when he first created him. I believe Adam looked at himself different. God wasn't coming to judge how he looked. God was asking him, where are you? So Adam could speak out of where he was. Because God already knew Adam had got exposed to something that was a lower perspective of who he really is. And now God says, I can only now talk to him based on how he thinks of himself. And most of us, it's not about how God thinks about me. It's about what you think about yourself. And if you're around people, the Eves and the Adams of your life, that keep speaking stuff into your life, you're going to keep looking at yourself through the lenses of these aprons. Covering up stuff. Covering up you. Hiding from God. Covering up you. You got to really be careful when you really, really go into certain churches where some people, they kind of pick and choose when they're going to get into the worship. Some people really don't get into serious worship. Y'all, y'all probably going to laugh at this, but the truth. Some folk don't really, really, really get into serious worship until somebody like Hubbard then came and sang for about an hour. And then almost told your business. Come on, some woman with the, with the, 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 the Samaritan woman. She was talking to Jesus about church stuff, about cultural stuff, until after Jesus went prophetic on her and said, I kind of see that you got some challenges and uh, you're in a relationship and uh, you've been married five times and the one you with ain't even yours. She like, I perceive you a prophet. And at that moment, she shifted. For that 20 minutes, two songs, most of us ain't even really worshipped. We just sang. Really worshipping means to strip yourself in a way where God ain't got to look for you. <laughs> God looking for you. You ain't stood up. You ain't worshiped. You ain't lift your hand. You ain't did nothing. Because your mind is still on these aprons. You still stuck. And God is saying, do I have to literally take you through, not take you through, allow you to go through. All that stuff. Some of us really ain't gave God. Or I'm, I'm talking about me. I didn't really learn how to really worship God until after I went through hell and high water and lost it all. And after I went through hell and high water and lost it all and I was sitting in an unfurnished apartment and I had nothing, I started saying, out of all the things I am and everything I hope to be, when you look into my heart, there's a worshiper in me. You know what I was really saying? Is, Lord, I'm so messed up, I can't keep faking it no more. So out of all the things I am, I wasn't proud of me. So the I am at that time, identity, I hated myself. Because I thought people hated me. I thought I wasn't anointed anymore because of what I went through. So I said, out of all the things I am, which is the negative stuff, but everything I hope to be, which was stuff that I said I may never get there because people will never receive me again. Because I thought who I was was wrapped up in who's going to receive me singing and preaching. Once I went through my divorce and I felt like ain't nobody going to hear me again, I kept saying, out of all the things I am, but everything I hope to be, I hope to get there one day. But what I said, but when you look into my heart, 
which means, God, please have mercy on me. See the worshiper. Keep me alive. Keep me alive because you see the word. Not the mistake I made, but because y'all ain't saying nothing. Keep me alive. Don't take your spirit from me when you see my heart. <laughs> That's the whole backdrop of that song. So when people start talking about that song, I'm like, you have no idea. The tree that I was hiding in and the apron I had on just to write that song. <laughs> but the worshiper in me saved my life. Because when I felt like nobody would receive me, God wake me up and said, get yourself out of that place of depression. The Lord snatched me out of depression and said, how are you going to unanoint yourself when you didn't anoint yourself? Somebody told you to be depressed, but I command you to get up. Oh, I need somebody to go ahead and give God praise. I don't know how far we're going to get. But tell your neighbor, I'm going to walk in the command and not what they said. God has commanded my identity. He's commanded who I am to rise up. I don't care what they said. I don't care what I said. He commanded. <laughs> he I don't believe that God was walking in the garden looking at Adam any different. You know how it is when we mess up. We feel like everybody know. So we come in like, I'm going to sit in the back. God bless you. I mean, you looking like you messed up yesterday. Don't, don't look like it. Come in like. Folks like, well, they've been praying all night. If you only knew. But the reality is, God's grace and his mercy is so powerful that the enemy gets nervous when you still survive bad seasons. Because as long as you're alive, Satan is like, his mercy, here we go again. He ain't going to do nothing but forgive him. Y'all know how to, Satan mad, he ain't going to do nothing but give him another chance. Satan mad, anytime you got breath in your body, I don't care what you have caught yourself in. I ain't talking to the saved folk. I'm talking to the folk that really, really, really know that if I'm hanging on some days, I'm hanging on by a thread. Some days, I am so ashamed of everything I was up until this point. I ain't talking to the folk that have the discipline enough to please people all the time. I'm talking to the folk that know my mouth get me in trouble. My thoughts get me in trouble. My mind get me in trouble. My actions get me in trouble. God is always saying, if you wake up after it, I still got a plan for you. If you wake up after it, there's a, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Tell your neighbor, take away the apron. Get that apron out of here. God didn't make you to live up under no apron. God didn't make you to live behind no apron. God did not create the trees for you to hide behind them. He created the trees for you to eat from them. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, done. You shouldn't talk like this. Lost. Ah. Ah. Lost. Who I was. Tell your neighbor, I'm trying to find myself. Some of y'all in your 40s, you can say it. Listen, I'm trying to find myself. Some of y'all in your 50s, you're like, listen, I'm trying to find... Some of y'all in your 60s, some that just hit 60, you at that place where you're like, okay, hold on. 60 is the new 40, and 40 was the new 20, but I feel like I'm 80-something wrong. I got to fix this. I am not about to be living life like I'm in... No, no, no. I am in another season, especially when I see mom and dad walking around with all this swag like they still in their 40s. The devil is a liar. 60 is going to be the best season. Oh, I don't know why I jumped on 60, but 60 is that season where you kind of like, I've lived long enough enough 
to know that God is a keeper. But I'm trying to make sure that I don't step into this fear to wonder if this is my last days. Baby, this ain't your last days. You just getting started. The best is yet to come. I dare somebody act like you're 60 and you got it going on and say, listen, life ain't over. Life is just not starting because I'm learning how to live life without this apron. Oh, gosh. I got to get up out of here. Woo, God. How in the world did I get on aprons? Stuck behind an apron that God did not make. I know I was a mess, a hot mess, but God knows how to take all of that stuff pre-apron and turning it to my platform or my pulpit, pulpit for testimony, which means folk would never really, really receive me had they known about my apron season. <laughs> Covering up. You know, some people are in their marriage with aprons on. Because if I ever let them really know the real me, I don't know if they're going to love me anymore. So now, they put the apron on before they come out. Kids don't know the real you, which means family don't know the real you. That's why some folk, I sit back, sometimes I try not to laugh when some people in certain church services, not here at this church, I would never do that to y'all. But at some, some, some churches, long, long time ago, um, when I would go to, I see some folk, when they finally get free, you ever seen it in the worship service, they just get free, and they start jumping around like they never jumped before. There's a freedom. <laughs> I mean, they just look crazy. They're just, they just out of their character. Because God is saying, you lost you so much that when the real you try to come out, the old you trying to fight it. Oh, God. Oh, I see we got a couple of visitors. I usually don't talk like this. I'm usually talking and I'm giving you line upon and this is my Bible. But I wanted to go here tonight because this identity piece is so strong because a lot of us are going to get a bunch of word. But the question is, where are you? If the prophet comes and tells you that God's going to do such and such, that's a great word. But the question is, is that word connected to what God commanded? If it's not, God is saying, where are you? I do have a million dollars for you, but where are you? I do have a house for you, but where are you? I do have pleasures of more for you, but where are you? Where are you is interchangeably, who are you? But because I consumed, ate, digested what Satan said, I allowed his idea, his words, and his plans to shape my thinking versus what God already said. Not just about me but to me. God didn't just say stuff about me. He said stuff to me. Mm -hmm. So when God created you, I'm talking to you now, when God created you, he said these words, let us make you. <laughs> Man, male, female, he created them. So when God said, I'm getting ready to create you, he called you and said, hey, let us make you. Y'all don't like that? I'm going to say it again because some folk are like, no, the Bible says, he said, let us make man. I talked about it last week. Some folk want to make that a theological conversation about the Godhead. I'm for it. I thank God for it. That's some wonderful uh, biblical preaching. But when he said, let us make man, I believe that I can say revelatory that God was saying to man, I have an idea. I want to populate this thing called terra firma, earth. So let me get in you and create a creature that's going to be different than the fowl that fly, the beast that crawl, 
and the fish that swim because none of them have my spirit. So y'all get in agreement with me because we're going to make men. <laughs> That's why God never made another man after he made Adam. Never. I'll wait if you can tell me when. He, God has never made another man. When God said, I'm tired of man, God destroyed man from the face of the earth, but he preserved a man who was a righteous man, Noah, and said, I'm going to use you to continue my original design, which means when God does a thing, he don't have to do it again. God is so sovereign, he can do it, get rid of it, and keep it. Y'all missed that one. God got rid of man and kept man at the same time. Didn't use the man that he was mad at to reproduce man again and gave him the same command. In Genesis 2, same command in Genesis 9. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Let us make man. Tell your neighbor, let us do this. Let's go further into that revelation because some of y'all stuck on it. Tell your neighbor, let us make millionaires. <laughs> y'all missed that one. Tell your neighbor, let us make healers. Y'all, we sitting up here talking about coronavirus and they want to cancel service when the antidote really could be in our prayers. If anything, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. So for those that are in the medical field, do not charge me for ignorance. And I don't want to have pulpit ignorance. I'm not going to be over deep. Yes, wash your hands, do all that stuff. But I'm saying there's never been, let me say it like this. What would Jesus be doing right now if the coronavirus hit and Jesus and the disciples were here? You think they would cancel Jesus walking through the seats of Galilee with everybody with corona and they'd be touching his hymn and folk would be like, oh, oh, I'm not sick anymore. Folk would be getting healed because the healer is walking through the streets. We got more power and we're not possessing and we're not operating in it. We're now going to succumb to the fear of, you know what, if you're not getting... Some of y'all looking like, but I want to wash my... Go wash your hands. What about healing? Like, really, what do we heal nowadays? The Bible says you're supposed to heal all manner of diseases. There should be nothing that man has made that has become a disease. Did you hear what I said? That man has made, that man has made, God didn't make diseases. Did y'all catch that? Everything God made, it was good. Anything tainted and corrupted, man-made. We should have the cure for it. The prophet told the leper, the king, go, just go dip in Jordan. You, you got to understand, we, we have too much power, but it's in the who we are. But the problem is, most of us come to conferences, ooh, I got my identity. I'm about to go back to the original me. I want to go back to who I was. Uh, uh, because you were created in his image and in his likeness. If you were created in his image, was God ever was? Did y'all catch that? If I'm created in his image and God never was, then I never was. Oh, man. They're like, no, nah, Pastor, you off now. I was born in 19 such and such. I was in sin, I was sick, and God healed me. I believe your wasness. I'm so glad you was. But I'm saying, he spoke dominion and power and authority into the life of a man that he created and said, you have dominion. Now, I'm getting ready to close, and I want to partake some questions. 
But I want to ask this question. If it says God gave man dominion over every what? Living thing, creature that crawls, that fly. God gave him dominion over it. So in the words of Papa Dunn, why in the devil is the one that has dominion talking to the one that he has dominion over? Did y'all catch? How's the one that got dominion in a conversation of influence over somebody that he has dominion over? It should have been serpent. Get back in your place. I'm above thee. <laughs> wow. Do y'all believe that the first man had dominion over, I ain't talking about the serpent, but do you believe now that Adam had dominion over Satan? Come on, talk to me. Y'all said it like, yes, okay, give me some Bible. <laughs> you better go ahead and talk. Talk, talk. Did y'all catch that? That was you about to say? Oh, go ahead. Wow. And then once he brought it to her attention, now that's all she could focus on. Wow. And that's why it's like when I tell students, it's like your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions. And so she went through that whole chain of command until she had to have the very thing that she didn't even think about until he put that seed in her. So she wasn't even thinking about that, being wise and all that stuff, until he brought it up. He made her desire something that she wasn't even thinking about. Woo, that hit a, that hit a whole lot of us. That hit a, when I say they hit a whole lot of us, like, I think I told you this before. I always tell myself I think it's fruitful. I think it's helpful for some people. But I always make uh, references to relationships because I think that's helpful too. I remember when I was dating a young lady in college, and at this time, uh, she was a little concerned about me being the man on campus. And she was like, hey, all these women like you, all these girls like you. And I'm like, okay, well, they should because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of that dude. But I was very into myself at the time. So I'm like, okay, I mean, why wouldn't they? <laughs> I'm just playing. But my point is, here's my point. Bring it in. It was a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my point. My point is this. She began to now describe the woman or the girls. She began to describe the girls that she thought I liked. So I'm sitting in the car. I'm trying to go to the movies in Dayton with her. She arguing with me about how somebody looked. She's describing their extremities. And I'm like, I ain't even really knew her. I, I don't even know. I don't even know these people. These are people that, so after a while, I'm like, well, she is kind of fine. <laughs> I would have never known. Look at you, looking at her. She look all good in her clothes. I'm like, okay, what she do? Look at it. Look, she's smelling all good. It's like, well, I mean. So after a while, you got to be careful because stuff that's said to you will begin to create pictures. And pictures now become desires. And you're like, I never even really desired that until now because you've opened my eyes to it. 
you spoke into my mind, and now my mind became this platform for consciousness, so now I'm aware of stuff that I never was even aware of. And Satan, who is one of God's angels, it is Psalm 8 that says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? I'm bouncing back, y'all, to this when she made the point. And the point was, is man, do they have, did Adam have dominion over Satan? God created Satan. Do you believe that God created Satan? I'm sorry, do you believe God created Lucifer before he created man? Come on, talk loud. It's just a conversation. So in the beginning, it went like this. God created the angels and Lucifer. And Lucifer was like the chief of them all the angels. And then he found iniquity in Lucifer. And then he kicked Lucifer out. Lucifer hit earth. Boom. And then God created man. And man became a living soul. And then now, between that time, Lucifer, who now is Satan, got into the serpent, and the serpent now came crawling up on them and talked to them. That's what we believe. Going once, going twice. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what I should believe now. <laughs> There's a whole lot more to that story, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess y'all up because it's really theological. My point is, Can't say that, done, and you got to go because you're out here. Y'all not about to have me like Hubbard out here. We're not going to do that. Not about to do that to me. Here's my point. God created man as an original design, and if Christ is a man, there's a scripture that says, worthy is the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. So if the original design of God was, I'm going to create angels first, and then create man second. But then Psalm 8 says, what is man that I'm mindful of him? He created us a little bit lower than the angels. The word angels, angelos, it actually means Elohim himself. So most theologians believe that it's God, us, then angels. When we get to heaven, angels will serve us. Even now, angels are dispatched from heaven to serve us on earth. So you see where I'm going? Okay, I'm not going to go there because some of y'all are like, no. My point is, when you look at the order of who you are, it allows you to take more dominion over who you are. But some of us feel like God and then Lucifer who now becomes Satan and then us. So now we have to fight Satan to get to God. When the original reality is Satan in the form of the serpent came to us. Hmm. Trying to fight us to take our dominion away from us that we already had. So the concept is, I used to say it at praise and worship conferences, and that is, uh, now God kicked Lucifer out of heaven. He used to be the worship leader in heaven, and now he on earth, and now we replaced worship, uh, Lucifer as the, 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 the worshiping angel. And it sounded so good. People said amen. I even got a lot of honorariums for that. But as I matured in Christ, I'm like, hold up. God didn't create me to be a replacement for Satan. A Lucifer? That's a greater design because if that was the case, he would have put me on earth and gave me no dominion. He would have just put me up with the angels and said, holy, holy, holy. So there has to be a greater scenario of who I am that's connected to what I lost. Oh, I know I don't went off. I don't, but I want you to understand that some of us don't operate 
in the full capacity of who we are because we don't know who we really am. I've tried to say that right because some of us are still trying to find out who we really was. But I'm not trying to discover who I was because who I was got messed up with my consciousness. So I'm not chasing who I was anymore. I'm chasing who I am. Because when God created me, there was no tense. There was no past, present, or future. So I never could have been was. God never created me to be was. He always created me to be am. That's why God said to them, I mean, Jesus said to them, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Because he's always speaking from an am. He always said that even in the storm, when the Peter, Peter and, the, and the disciples were in the storm, and they were scared, and Jesus came walking on the water, he said, fear not, for it is I. When you translate it in Greek, he says, fear not, I am. He wasn't saying, I'm here. He's saying, I am. Which means in your storm, he is. <laughs> in your calamity, he is. The problem is, you still don't recognize you are. That's why you keep trying to, through relationships and through jobs, figure out who you was, who you're going to be. You were never designed to be a will be. You were always designed to be a I am. Oh, God, this is good. I done messed up the whole thing. I got to get out of here. I got to let you go. You were never created. Tell your neighbor, I am. Come on, I know some of y'all like, hold on. No, I am. Ah, that feels good right there. Because when you keep trying to trace back to who you was, you're going to get lost in this conversation of... What's been said, and because you have a lower perspective of how you think of yourself, some of us are only as good as our dad telling us, you're always going to be great. And that was some great words, and you're going to be affirmed. But you keep living out the words that were given to you that are earthly, but you never tap into the words that, gave, that God gave you in the beginning. Because a lot of us in church, we believe that we were created in the garden. You were not created in the garden. You were created and then placed in the garden. Did you hear what I said? You were created and then placed in the garden. Where were you really created? You were created in his presence. And you're full of him. Which means you should be full of yourself. So when God comes looking for you, he's looking for him. That's why you can't hate yourself and love God. Uh, Y'all don't like how I'm talking. Because if I am, I'm just complete. If I'm finished, I'm finished. Which means I just have to develop and become. Y'all notice what he said. He said he blew into his nostrils his spirit. What's the rest of it? And man, did y'all catch that word? Became a living soul. Nephish, a living soul. That word became. Now in John, it says, and he became flesh and dwelt among us. Which means we take this home by saying when Jesus wrapped himself up in flesh and said, I got to get down there to redeem from 42 generations of this foolishness of people trying to figure out who they was. I'm going to come in as I am. I'm going to start off with I am so I can keep redeeming them back to who, not who they was, but who they am. Because when I walk in my amness, people get real nervous because when I walk in my amness, they can't walk up on me and say stuff that God didn't say. Because once they say such and such, I know, I'm, I know who I am. And because of who I am, I will never get caught up. Now, I know some of us, y'all, we can't say that because a lot of us have got caught up in some foolishness. Because at that moment, we got caught up in, what you say, Kim? We got caught up in the desire 
of something that we never even knew that we desired until it was spoken into our consciousness. Identity is really not about you trying to become a better you. Identity is you discovering the him that's already in you, that's totally complete, walking out the am while you're trying to figure out the was. <laughs> Not trying to figure out the was no more. Because you know Jesus picked it up and said, well, I'm done, you can play. He said, whatsoever, before you play, I want to say it because it sounds deep. Whatsoever a man thinketh, did y'all hear what I said? That means if you think you, you should act you. So how you acting lets me know how you think of you. <laughs> but if I change the way I think, I'm going to change the way I act. There's some stuff that I will never act like again because I changed the way I think. But there's some stuff that I'll always be involved in because I'm always stuck on how I think. I'll go further. How I allow other people to dictate how I think because that's how they think. In other words, how people think about me. I don't know if y'all seen it on social media. Some of y'all that on social media, there was this dark-skinned little girl getting her hair done. Did y'all see that? And the girls, the ladies on her hair, and she said, but, but I'm ugly. And the lady was like, who told you that? No, you're not ugly. And she began to talk to the girl, you're, you're beautiful. Look at your dimples. And oh my God, you're so beautiful. And the girl was just looking. Next thing you know, she just busted out crying. And the lady started hugging her. And she kept telling her, you are gorgeous and beautiful. And she started changing those words over her. Evidently, those words was deep in her for her to say, I am ugly. I don't care who told me I'm ugly. I don't even care if the mirror says I'm ugly. If I think I'm fine, guess what? I'm going to walk up in the place like. I know some folk can't handle that because a lot of people will be controlled by the narrative that's said to you by somebody. Now, what if you are, in somebody's opinion, not that attractive, but they want something from you? They walk up and tell you, boy, you know, you sure enough is fine. And after a while, you sitting here being, we've all been there. Come on, y'all. Come on, be honest. We've all been there. I done walked around with uh, 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 Jerry Curl juice in my hair, <laughs> trying to look like something because somebody told me that, was, that looked good. So I'm walking around with a ball fade and a, and a big loud shirt because somebody said, ooh, that's the style. You got to be careful what you're turning yourself into because you just want that tree. When God gave you trees you got to be careful because you're going to end up walking around with aprons on when God says you're supposed to be naked and unashamed figuratively please y'all y'all know what I mean by that but I think tonight we have to grab onto a different perspective of this Genesis narrative that is God commanded you to be great but the serpent said and I'm sick of what he's saying because what I'm sick of is one day you're up. The next week, you're down. And it's over what somebody said. 
Do you know there's a lot of people, and I'm going to say this transparently, there's a lot of people that are in this city that still call me their pastor, but they won't come to this church. And they won't come to the church because they feel like, because they're in their feelings, because of what they feel somebody said about them, they'll never come back to this church. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, so let me get this straight. You want to stay in touch with me. You want to be connected to me. But you don't want to be around here because of what people said. Here's the rest of the narrative. The people that they think said it to them don't even go here either. That is the craziest scenario. And some of y'all know I'm telling the truth. I've had to avoid and dodge foolishness for eight years to stay on what God has commanded me to do. I can't be what people saying. People say a lot. And please, hear me. Don't think I don't know. I know. If you're talking at the side of your neck, trust me, somebody heard you and somebody done told me. Or they done told somebody that I know. Somebody that loves me. And they talk. You got to be careful. You have to know who you are so nobody can derail who you are. I ain't trying to figure out who I was. God redeemed me from that so I can walk into who I am. Do me a favor. Can you just take a moment and pause? And if there's anything in you that feels like you're hiding behind a tree, that God has created. Do me a favor and become naked and unashamed and begin to worship him. He knows all your struggles. He knows your thoughts. He knows all of your ideas. He knows all of your dysfunctions. He knows all of your tainted dysfunction. But just release yourself from that and say, I'm naked and unashamed and God loves me just the way I am. If I never get delivered from anything else, God loves me the way I am because he created me in my I am. And when he comes looking for me, he's not changing the way he looks at me. The Bible says while they were yet dead in their trespasses and their sins, God loved them. God looks at you through the lenses of the original design that he created and there's nothing that you've ever done that has changed the way he views you. You may have messed up but in his eyes he's always coming to get the original you because he's not looking at what you've done. He's not looking at who you was in that moment. He's looking at who you am and I am the original design that God created fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of the Lord. That's how he created me. And I'm going to walk that thing out. Whatsoever man thinks, that's what he is. So as we leave this place, can you just say it in the atmosphere, I never knew I could look like this. Wow. I never knew what that really is, and we're done. What that really is, is after Jesus died on the cross and redeemed all man, as the Bible said. By one man saying we all were lost, Adam. By one man's sacrifice, we all were saved. Which means the original Adam was able to finally look at Jesus and say, I never knew I looked like this. I never knew it. That's why you'll find out how you really look when you get in his presence. When you really worship for real, you'll really find out, wow, I never knew I looked like that until I saw Jesus. I ain't talking about 
being in church and they preaching Jesus and you see up on the screen this picture of Jesus. I'm talking about a real encounter with Jesus. Some of us never knew how we really looked until after that one night when we got to doing the drugs and we was like, you know what? I can't do this no more. It's tough. And that's when the Lord entered in the room and said, I got you. Most folk think it was when you came down the aisle at church. No, it was that night by yourself when you were stuck in that wrong bed and you said, I just can't do this no more. And the Lord showed up and said, I got you. You never knew it. You were broke, family to feed, didn't know how you're going to make it. And you're sitting there saying, God, I can't go back and doing the wrong thing. I got you. God, this man, this woman just broke my heart, left me. I'm shattered. I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, I love this person with my whole core. And they dogged me. And God, I'm through with them and I'm through with everything. And while you're looking at contemplating suicide, God is like, I got you. That's when you recognize the original I am. So for those that have been through all types of crazy stuff when you was a child that you don't even want to talk about, in your adulthood, you don't have to walk around with this shame. You ain't got to put no apron on and hide. Nope. Because once you became in Christ, you became a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here, y'all. We got to go. But can you tell somebody I am? Come on, can you give God praise for your I am? Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. I know where I am when I'm in his presence. Come on, this is a good time. We're going to leave together, but this is a good time to worship him. Come on, tell him I am, I am, I am. Come on, come on, tell him I am, I am, I am, I am. Can you worship right now? Come on, come on, I am, 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 I am. Somebody really needs that because there's been a struggle. I don't need another word. And I don't know who I am. It's going to be a mess. I can't experience another opportunity for God to come looking for the missing piece in him sitting in me and I'm outside of his will. The good thing is he came looking for him. The blessing is there's no place that you can end up and God ain't going to come looking for you. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good place to worship him right there. That's a good place to bless him. It was a mess in my chapter 3. Oh, but I thank God that before chapter 3 ended, around verse 15, God made a promise. He said, I'm going to make sure that I crush the head of the enemy. I'm going to crush the head of the enemy. You will always win in every area of your soulless realm, Satan will always lose because God made a prophetic promise before we got out of Genesis 3 that Satan ain't going to ever win. Even when it seemed like he's won, he will never win. You're always the victor because Christ prophesied it that it would be so. Some of y'all going to spend this week looking at yourself like, I never knew I looked like this. Because God's going to start, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. We got to get out of here. 
but I pray right now that God is going to start going to some of your homes right now and he's going to start talking to your mind. I pray tonight that when you lay down, God makes your pillow prophetic and your pillow now is going to start recharging your mind to the original design of who you are. Who am I talking to tonight that know there's some stuff in you that rise up because your thinking is off. Your conscience is off. Scripture says, let this mind be in you, <laughs> which was also in Christ Jesus. And what you said, Sharon, he says he created them a little lower than the angels. But before that, it says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Y'all know what that really reads out in the NXX? It says, what is man that you always have him on your mind? What is man that you always thinking about him? He messed up too much. Why are you always preferring him? you always thinking about how you're going to get him in and out of everything. <laughs> Some of y'all can tear this church up because you've been through enough to have taken you under. But you keep bouncing back because God is always thinking about a way for you to recover. Oh, God. Woo, I need a praiser in here that can give me. You done got your heart broken so many times, but God is always thinking about a way to mend your heart and get it back together. You done made so many mistakes, but God is always trying to think about a way <laughs> to get your mind back. And their eyes were open. And they said, we're naked. But God came, changed the whole narrative. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, right now, I pray right now, that when they go home tonight, there's going to be such a sweet Holy Spirit presence in, I'm talking about in their bedroom. So when they lay down, and for those that don't even sleep in their bed, for those that are going to sleep on the couch, God, I pray right now that you will put as if it is a Holy Ghost helmet over their head to now start recharging their thoughts emptying out and deleting bad thoughts and putting in the right thoughts the original design of who they are in their mind and we're breaking strongholds any trauma that has happened Father we ask you right now to give them the spirit of forgetfulness some stuff don't allow them to remember it no more but God allow them to remember the original design of who you created them to be and Father I pray right now that they'll walk, wake up tomorrow morning with their dominion back. They'll never fall for the conversation when they've already got the command. And God, we thank you right now for your presence in this, right here in this house. And we thank you right now for restoration and redemption. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is so. It is so in Jesus' name. Can y'all give him praise? It is so. It is so. No more aprons. Christ has died on the cross. You can get rid of this apron. You don't need it no more. I don't have to cover up who I am around because I'm concerned about how they're going to identify me. Nope. I know who I am. And I am unashamed of who I am. God created me great. I'm just going to be great. And the only thing that somebody can say about me, Grace, is, man, he sure enough is great. 
Anything else? Just not, it, does, it doesn't register in heaven. You know, done is a mess. That don't even register in heaven. That is the accuser of the brethren. And the paraclete, Christ, is always up in heaven, like blocked, blocked, blocked. That'll never get to the throne. The only thing that gets to the throne is, I'm righteous. That's all that matters. In his sight, I'm righteous. This is wonderful. For the part of tonight that you understood, can you give God praise? <laughs> and for the part that you're still chewing on, can you go ahead and give God praise for that too? Because there's some stuff I'm chewing on like God. <laughs> I was trying to walk through it to make sure that it was legible. But I, I enjoyed this conversation tonight because it opened up another way that I'll look at Genesis 3. We got a command from God. We got a word from the serpent. And I will not let the words of the serpent override the command I got from God. Tell your neighbor, enjoy your trees. <laughs> enjoy your trees. Hallelujah. God bless all of you all. Listen, God bless you all.